how it changed their life. Or you can just listen to parents every day telling their children to say thank you. Clearly this is something important, but the idea is not actually new, is it? The Bible is packed with calls and commands for us to give thanks. But unlike the lifestyle guru advice, the Bible is not focused on our circumstances, our accomplishments, or the accomplishments of others. In fact, the Bible tells us to give thanks in all circumstances. That includes our challenges, and it includes our dark times. Philippians 4 verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Paul wrote this when he was in prison, and he clearly really wanted us to grasp the importance of rejoicing. After all, he says it twice. Nehemiah reminds the people of Israel when they're mourning about how far they have drifted from God and his law. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The focus of our thanksgiving in all our circumstances is God himself. In 1 Chronicles 16, we're going to read a hymn written by David, King of Israel, when he successfully returned the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. For the people of Israel, this was the physical representation of God's presence in their lives and in their community. And therefore, it was an occasion of great celebration. And today, we have taken time to reflect on the story of our church. We have thanked those who have labored for God in this church family. But like David and the people of Israel, we've all made mistakes on this journey. Like David, the path God's call has taken has had some setbacks, some surprising twists and turns along the way. Yet here we are, against all the odds, with a building. And this building has now been renovated. So it's a physical representation of the worship and the work of God in this area. So it is appropriate that we thank God for his guidance, his protection, and his provision over the last 30 or so years. But this Thanksgiving is not just about our building. It's also about the temple of God represented in each one of us. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16 reminds us, you, that's each one of us committed to Jesus, are God's temple. And God's spirit dwells in you. So we thank God for one another whether you've moved to another place of worship or you remain with us here. We're going to have David's hymn of thanksgiving read. It's from 1 Chronicles chapter 16, starting at verse 8. If you want to follow, it will be on the screen. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell all of his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done. His miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Israel, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. 
For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and he is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. In just these few verses, we read that God performs wondrous works, miracles, and judgments. We read of his glory, his splendor, and majesty. We read that God does marvelous works among the peoples. We read, great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. The Lord made the heavens. He is characterized by strength, joy, and holiness. He is good. His steadfast love endures forever. We worship a God who is present right now, whose word is true and his promises are reliable. He is faithful. He loves us unconditionally. God is compassionate. He rescues us from the snares which entangle us. God offers to restore us, strengthen us, to enable us to stand the pain and challenges of our lives. God performs great deeds both for us and through us on behalf of the weak and the vulnerable. Our God is worthy of our gratitude, regardless of what has gone before, of how we feel or what we are facing right now. And this is just a taste of what God is like. The Bible has rich descriptions of the names and the characteristics of God. And we could, in fact, spend the next hour simply reading his word and exploring the greatness of our God until we overflow with gratitude. However, that would make our service too long. So I'm going to move on to how we express our gratitude. So in the first six verses of this song, David says that we should give thanks, call upon, we should make known, sing, tell, glory, seek, remember. Six verses. We can express our gratitude in so many ways. It depends on our personality and on our circumstances. Sometimes it's simply like pouring to God for that wonderful rainbow on our way to work, that fabulous sunset over the hills, the glimpse of the deer as you walk through your local woods. Perhaps it's coming to church, being fully prepared to meet God and offering your praise through song and prayer. Have you ever come to church burdened and left feeling lighter, although nothing in your life has actually changed, but you have chosen to give thanks, to sing to him and glory in his name? 
Maybe it's choosing to put on that worship CD or playlist in the car or home and you offer praise to God as you go about your day-to-day business. Isaiah 43 verse 21 says, the people who I formed for myself will declare my praise. The quality of your singing doesn't matter. God wants your heart to sing because you deeply grasp in your soul God's greatness. There are other times in our lives whenever we need to pause and remember that God is good. Earlier this week, I was feeling dejected about something and with good cause. And then because I was preparing this sermon, I began to read and ponder this hymn. And as I reminded myself that God does do wonders and marvelous deeds, well, my perspective changed. Verse 10 tells us, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. To seek God is to be filled with a deep desire to know God, to discover his will, to draw on his resources and strength. When we are in his presence, if we are willing to be humble before him, he will transform us. So how do you seek his face? It will be different in different times of your life. It might be personal time reading the Bible, reviewing your journal, reading books, listening to podcasts, or times of prayer. It may be coming to church or group Bible study, expressing our thanks to God as we speak about what he has done for us. Mayer says, we do not talk sufficiently about God. We talk about sermons, details of worship, and church organization men, methods, churches, but our talk is seldom about the wonderful works of God. The passage says, make known, tell, remember, declare, ascribe to the Lord. If I can't remember because of my circumstances, I need you to tell me. But if I haven't told you of God's goodness to me, how can you possibly remind me? As a body of God's people, we need to remind one another of God's acts on our behalf and of who he is. This is part of how we bring an offering to God. Remember when this space was available and we couldn't afford it, but the building couldn't be fully let, and so it was put up for sale. Remember the series of coincidences in the lead up to that, until we could raise the finance. Remember how we hoped for a quick renovation and then we discovered how sick our building was. Asbestos, the inadequate roof joists, disaster, etc. But we had the financial resources to fix it. But then that affected our resources for our lift. But remember, resources became available for that too. What else can you remember of God's goodness? Have you shared it? Has someone reminded you of how God did fill in the blank? Or have you reminded someone that God is healer, restorer, provider, friend, that God is comforter, powerful? We should not be embarrassed to declare his goodness. For it's not a reflection of us or our abilities. It is entirely a reflection of him. 
when David's wife saw the utter exuberance of her husband as he praised God when the ark came into Jerusalem, she despised him. She was embarrassed for him and by him. Did David care? 2 Samuel 6, verse 21 and 22 records what David says. And I will celebrate before the Lord. I will make myself yet more contemptible than this, and I will be abased in your eyes. No, he was only concerned about God's viewpoint and offering praise to the Almighty God. If we truly believe God is worthy of our worship, and if our hearts are filled with gladness, it is easier to tell of his wonderful acts, for we are so grateful to God. We are more able to ascribe and credit greatness and glory to him when we achieve something, when we manage to remain positive in the midst of our challenges, when we persevere in the difficult circumstance, because we recognize that without him, we can do nothing that really lasts. Solomon, when he dedicated the temple, prays over the people, and he asks God that he may incline our hearts to him, to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his rules, which he commanded our fathers. See, Solomon recognized that all of us struggle, don't we, to keep our focus on God and maintain that attitude of thankfulness. But here's the thing. We have a huge advantage over the people of Israel in Solomon's time because of what Jesus has done for us. We are not accountable to the law. God's grace has flooded our lives. Paul tells us in Romans 8 verse 1, those who belong to Christ Jesus are no longer under God's judgment. What a gift. And we have the Holy Spirit within us to help us. You see, it's he that prompts us to see the goodness of God in our day-to-day -day relationships. It's he that helps us to recognize God's protection or God's enabling or God's goodness in the midst of all our circumstances. And it's he that helps us to see the depths of love, of God's love, which underpins it all. And here's the thing. If we can begin to trust in God's goodness to this depth, then Ephesians 6 tells us it produces fruit. Paul writes, I pray that he, that is God, will use his glorious riches to make you strong. May his Holy Spirit give you his power deep down inside you. Then Christ will live in your hearts because you believe in him. And I pray that your love will have deep roots. I pray it will have a strong foundation. May you have power together with all the Lord's holy people to understand Christ's love. May you know how wide and long and high and deep it is. And may you know his love, even though it can't be known completely. And then you will be filled with everything God has for you. God is able to do far more than we could ever ask for or imagine. He does everything by his power that is working in us. Give him glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. Give him glory through all time and forever and ever. Amen. What would our community be like if they saw people who overflowed with thankfulness 
even if the bottom is falling out of your world. Because we know God is still holding us at the bottom. What if our neighbors saw us live contented lives because our perspective on all the good things we enjoy is different from theirs? What if our people in our community saw us filled with an exuberant love because we are so aware of how much we are all loved by God? What if our friends saw us embrace challenges because of our confidence in God, even when the outcome is uncertain? They may react like Michael did, a bit disgusted and despise us, or they may see something which offers them restoration, hope, a second chance, a sense of purpose, a new perspective. God has been preparing each one of us here for our next steps in our journey with him. Are we prepared to believe he is good? He is really good. And to throw those things which restrain us aside and serve him wholeheartedly. Do we believe he will do marvelous things among and through us? Are we prepared to base our trust on what he has already done for us and then take a risk, stepping into the challenges and the joys ahead? Let us pray. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is everlasting and extends to all creation. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, bringing wholeness and peace beyond understanding. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his arms open wide, welcoming home the lost and outcast. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his promises are sure, his kingdom shall last forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Amen. Before we move on, let us continue in an attitude of prayer. I'm going to, we're going to be some verses on the screen. Oh, here they are. Um, you can read them out as a declaration of your thanks and praise to God or speak your own words of gratitude. Let us come before God, bringing our offering of thanksgiving. If you want to write on your prayer cards, take this time just now to do this. Before we move on to our final song, Justine's just going to come up and speak to us briefly about the next steps. But first, let's just have a time of prayer and reflection.